Hello and good day, A. Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. I'm Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we are on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today's guest is a bit different from our usual guests. He doesn't have a large social media presence in the outdoor adventure community. I don't believe he's a published author. He is an advocate for the environment and environmental responsibility, things like green energy, protecting wetlands, sustainable food systems, etc. In fact, he likes all things green. Please welcome the leader of the Green Party of Ontario and Guelph's member of provincial parliament, Mr. Mike Schreiner. Yay, well, thanks, welcome Pamela. to the podcast. I appreciate that. <laughs> thanks. Oh, nice I, to have you here. Cool. We're so excited. Yeah, big time. Uh, uh, just weirdly, we tend to do all the YouTubers, the Instagram, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole wonderful community. I'm sure you've seen parts of your busy guy here in Ontario, that there's lots of people out there doing all those things, every chance they get mm. on the weekends, the what, the whatevers. And there was a post and I, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I didn't spend a lot of time, but I remember seeing a post about you doing the, don't hold me to it. The annual canoe trip, daughter, daddy, daughter, canoe trip or something along those lines. And I went, wow, cool. How does that ever make sense? Because he does all that. Like he's all about the environment stuff. Let's get him on the podcast. Let's see what happens. So I very tentatively reached out to your comms people and they were, they jumped right on they were back to me, like in no time that it was such an awesome experience to it. So thank on behalf of, on behalf of us for your comms people and, and for you being the, the awesome guy that you are. Thank you very much for coming out. <laughs> oh, well, I, I appreciate that. I have a great team and, uh, I I do a, a canoe trip with my daughter every year for the last 10 years and been doing a lot of camping, hiking, paddling for my entire life. So um, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Excellent. So where do you go? Where do you, where do you and your daughter go? You know, we we go, um, you know, all over Ontario. I, I think Tomogamy is probably our favorite place to go. Uh, and so some of our, our best trips have been to Tomogamy. Wolf Lake is one in particular I enjoy. Lady Evelyn River, if you're able to handle those incredibly steep portages, which are intense, intense, intense. And, uh, you know, you, you can navigate making sure you don't, uh, you know, run the canoe over any of those waterfalls. It's a pretty amazing trip uh, as well. Uh, but we've done uh, Algonquin many years. Barron Canyon is one of my favorite trips. Killarney is another favorite of ours, uh, you know, and um, but we've done Massasauga. We've done, you know, Grundy Lake area. We've done lots of lots of places. And actually, my wife and I uh, went all the way up to Wapakimi uh, and did a 10 day trip uh, this summer. Nice. Wow. I, okay. So I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that That's awesome. And so many of those are on my wish list. Uh, Tomogamy is one that the, uh, well, I trip with my, my, our eldest son, uh, it, Tomogamy's, it was going to be in the mix for next year, but now I want to do Queen Elizabeth II Wildlands just cause, and then we're going to do Tomogamy the year after. But cool. That's awesome. Wabakimi, man, you get in some, some far out places. Yeah, we uh, we took via rail there and we did it with some friends and literally the train dropped us off in the middle of nowhere and you could see other people on the train sort of waving going like, I hope you're going to survive. <laughs> like we're literally dropping you off. Like and there's nothing, nothing nearby at all. And a friend of mine runs an outfitter, uh, Wapakimi Outfitters, and he had a couple canoes waiting for us. And so we 
quote portaged you know from the the via rail tracks down to the canoes and we're we're paddling for for a week it was fantastic that's awesome hairy situations (laughs) that you've been in in those kind of environments you know i think um i i've never had a situation where i was you know worried about my 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 safety or anything like that um, I will say that uh, this a uh, couple years ago when we did Lady Evelyn River, my my daughter and I, I missed a portage spot and got us into some some rapids, but was luckily able to steer the canoe over to the side side of the river. We did do one 360 <laughs> on our way to, to getting over there and then had to bushwhack uh, the portage, which was pretty intense. And, you know, my daughter was what 16 at the time so it was pretty impressive like she she you know handled it like you know a trooper had a great time and yeah and went but went went out with me the following year and she just said maybe a slightly easier trip next year (laughs) (laughs) hey dad maybe chill a bit (laughs) yeah but she didn't pull the plug all together so kudos that's great yeah (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, she, um, as a matter of fact, uh, she's already told me that she wants to do Killarney next year. She wants to hike, uh, was it Silver Peak, uh, which I've I've hiked with her older sister, but but not with her. And so uh, so I think we're, we're hoping to do Killarney next summer. Nice, nice. The, the big kid and I did, oh, three years ago, maybe? Something like that. We did, we did a, a round in Killarney. We actually, great, now it's going to escape me. The, we stayed on an island site on the lake that you can see Silver Peak from. And okay. and it had a, instead of having a Thunderbox, it had an outhouse and mm-hmm. carved big time onto the, uh, the inside of the door was, there is no trail to Silver Peak from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> that sounds like a great hike. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, it's a fantastic hike. And when I did it with my older daughter, it was a day that it was there was a thunderstorm rolling in and so we sort of hiked up enjoyed the peak a little bit the the scenery is phenomenal uh, but we had to go down fairly quickly because there was a lightning storm moving in and obviously you know we didn't want to be caught up there uh, when that happened so i'm hoping the next year when i go with my younger daughter we'll have a little bit more time to to enjoy the scenery yeah hang out and, and see it it's that it's a pretty, I, we, we haven't done silver. We did, we did the crack, mm-hmm. but it just, I mean, just the scenery, just all that, that the white granite, it's, it's such a different view from the the typical, you know, the pink and gray granite and the, the wind bent pines and all that sort of jazz. It's a, yeah. it's a very unique place. That's, it's cool. Okay. So, so we, we've, I've gotten a bit ahead of ourselves. How did, how, so you've been doing this forever. What got you into it and what, what is the, what are, tell me some of the things that keep you going to keep you wanting to do those things. Yeah. So I grew up on a small rural community on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And so there was a little Creek that ran through our farm that I spent many hours playing as a kid. And uh, so always, always being outdoors was a big part of my life. And when I was a kid, I, my friends and I, we would go fishing and hunting, things like that. And I ended up joining a scout troop and we did a number of camping trips, hiking trips. Mostly I grew up in rural Western Kansas, so not a lot of paddling. I didn't really get into paddling until I moved to Ontario and quickly realized that uh, hiking Ontario is more of a paddling place than a hiking place. Yep. Uh, and so, but I grew up uh, traveling to the Rocky Mountains. I was only a five hour drive from, from the Rocky Mountains. So I did a lot of backpacking in, in the Rockies as a kid. 
and just thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I do a lot of other outdoor activities. Like I love downhill skiing. I love cycling, you know, I, so, so I, I do a lot in the outdoors, but I think it really came from growing up on a farm and just doing it as a kid and, and, and loving it. And I think what keeps me going is, is one, a love of nature. I, I just feel, I don't know, there's something about you, you feel calm and grounded and sort of focused in the moment uh, when you're in nature. And I also, I'll have to admit, there's a, a bit of a competitive side of me that likes the challenge too, and likes to push myself and, and prove that I can do certain certain hikes or paddle a certain rivers or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, I just I just really enjoy spending time in nature. It's so so peaceful and 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 you know I I feel uh, lucky that I've been able to spend so much of my life in nature. Well, and, and it shows that you appreciate nature. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you had a very similar upbringing to me because I grew up on a farm, small farm outside a small town. And, and we had a creek running through our place too. So spent a lot of time either swimming in the creek or fishing in the creek or, or skating on the creek in the, in the wintertime. Yep. That, that describes my, uh, my childhood as well. And uh, we would have toboggan down the hills into the creek a lot in the winter. That was always <laughs> the big, like slide across the ice of the creek as you, as you barreled down the hills. <laughs> Yes, I know. Back in the days when we didn't wear helmets and <clears throat> all all the things. <clears throat> yep. Okay. So so we know about your some of your backcountry stuff, and you also mentioned hiking previously. Do you, do you get out and do any hiking around here? Yeah, I do. I mean, I paddle much more than I hike now. Um, and just to tell you how avid I am on this, my wife and I, our honeymoon was spent hiking uh, in and around Jasper. <laughs> so you know, I'm, I just yeah, I love it. Um, but I would say in, in Ontario, um, I do spend a fair amount of time. The family we we spend. I love the Niagara Escarpment. So we we the Bruce Trail. Like I'm a member of the Bruce Trail Association, and so we do a lot of just day hikes, family hikes uh, on the Bruce Trail, uh, which I love. And then you know, living in Guelph, there's a number of great like. Um, places to go for quick day hikes that the Grand River Conservation Authority manages. And then our house in Guelph is right on the Speed River. So we can literally put the canoe or the kayaks in on the river out of the backyard uh, and or go for nice walks along the river. So I, I feel pretty lucky in that regard. But I would say a lot, I don't do as much hiking in the mountains like I used to just because, you know, it's it's a pretty significant travel uh, <laughs> obligation now. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, what's, I can't even think of something around here so much. I might immediately... Tromblant came to mind if you because they they've got right. some some great hiking trails and stuff out there. So That's I will it. say my mom my mom my mom lives in Fort Collins, Colorado, and so whenever we visit her, we usually do at least one hike to the top of a of a mountain in and around the Fort Collins area. So I still try to, I mean, actually I haven't visited her since pre-COVID. Uh, so that's put a cramp in our style, but certainly before that we would usually go there once a year and either go in the winter and do some downhill skiing or go in the summer and, and do a bit of hiking while we're visiting family. Nice. Nice. And uh, you also mentioned biking. Do you get out, do you do, I assume, or do you do road biking and trail biking or mostly trail biking? Uh, actually, mostly road cycling. I, I do have a mountain bike as well, so I do both. 
Uh, and then I have a commuting bike that I'll do easier trail ride, like, you know, gravel rides that I wouldn't want to take my really good road road bike on. But uh, I, I love to go out. I, I don't get out on the road as much as I used to because, you know, to get a good ride in is a four, six hour commitment. And, um, you know, and I usually cycle, you know, I don't know, maybe 23 clicks an hour or so. So I try to limit myself to maybe 40K rides for a couple hours just because my schedule now is more intense than it used to be. But again, one of the great things about living in Guelph is, you know, in five, 10 minutes, I can be out of the city and into some beautiful countryside to cycle on. And so I try to get out you know, at least once a week to do to do a, a two hour ride, you know, when the weather is permitting. Yeah, cool. we're in Michan, Toronto. It takes us a long time to get out anywhere where anywhere. we can go cycling. <laughs> yeah. And dumping the canoe in the in the dawn is really not a not a thing that appeals to me much. Although we did uh, again, the eldest and I uh, did a did a day down on in the Toronto Islands. Uh, did, oh, we nice. just wanted to up our up our paddling uh, game, and that was amazing. It's like I hadn't really thought about it because because toronto it's a it's a city it's not a it's not a paddling destination like an algonquin or a, or a clarice right. so that was that was nice and we'll, i think we'll probably try to do that a couple more times like next summer and whatnot yeah sounds great it's been ages since i've been to the toronto islands but they're, they're beautiful and i've never paddled the islands but that would be i i'm i'm thinking that that would be a nice especially in a kayak would be fantastic we saw lots of kayaks uh we've got a we have we have a couple of canoes, but we we took our set. We actually had, no, I think they supplied us with a seventeen footer. Um, but it was great. We saw herons, uh, cormorants. Oh man, lots of turtles. Like I, it, you just I wouldn't. You don't think about that. We're in a big city, like a massive metropolitan city, and it was pretty cool. It's like oh yeah, we can get some chill and some nature here in this insanity. So yeah, no, that's fantastic. If if, if you manage when you get so. Okay, so daddy daughter gets out in in a canoe for for an annual, and you get out for occasional day hikes. Do you manage to, and you get the wife out? Okay, I'm just I'm just listing <laughs> listing all the things I'm jealous of. <laughs> I I rack up three weeks a year, man. When you're like how how roughing it do you do other than bushwhacking, obviously? But I mean, like when you go backcountry camping, there's there's sort of varying levels. Talking with other people. Lots of them take prepackaged dehydrated meals. We, there was a discussion recently about chairs. What are you talking about chairs in the backcountry? How how do you, do you lean towards maybe a little bit of comfort? How how does that all play out for you when you're doing that sort of stuff? Yeah, so I think it's evolved for me over time. So when I was obviously in my backpacking days, it was very light, like you know, freeze dried food, things like that, because, you know, you're carrying everything. When I first got into paddling and I was, I was young uh, and I, I'm a foodie. So before I got into politics, I ran a couple uh, local food businesses and was very involved in promoting Ontario food and farmers. And so I was a customer. You know, <laughs> oh yeah awesome <laughs> fantastic i so i would take gourmet meals like people would want to go paddling with me because like mike makes these gourmet meals <laughs> when we're out in the bush now that i'm a bit older uh, I and mean, i've hit 50 now and the idea of carrying that much food on portage is just not appealing to me anymore so i'm, I'm more than happy to do the gourmet meals at, at home and i'm back to 
to doing, you know, freeze-dried meals and things like that. But I have noticed that, uh, and, and for a while, I occasionally will buy some of the pre-made stuff. I'll go to Mac or somewhere like that. But um, I tend to just do my own. Like, you know, you can do some pretty amazing, like, you know, like dry, dry, dry veggies, dry fruit, et cetera. And so I tend to go super lightweight now. And I've also, I was also really too cheap to buy like the, the high tech lightweight equipment. But now that I'm hit 50, I'm, I'm more, <laughs> I'm more up on spending a little bit of money for higher quality, lighter weight equipment. So I, I tend, I tend to lean to the roughing it more uh, side of things, uh, but doing it in a way that makes the portage a little bit easier than you might expect. But on the chair side of things, my daughters actually talked me into collapsible chairs and they're you can get good collapsible chairs at a reasonable price that pretty lightweight. So yeah, we've, I've, I've traded, I've traded some food off for some chairs. How's that? That's, that, that's, Sounds exactly like the, the sort of path we've taken the last few years with, with my the, Thomas and I. It's uh yeah we we got chairs I think it, last year this this past trip no no this year we did a we did a French River trip and I knew we were going to be on lots of stone not nearly right. enough trees and that sort of deal so we we opted for collapsible light chairs. Well, you'll have to you'll have to send me your French River trip because I would say the French River is the one place I haven't paddled yet that is on my bucket list. So I I just feel like every year we like start to do French River and then we go, we choose somewhere else. So if you got any good French River recommendations, I'm all over it. Absolutely. Email coming to you. Uh, I, I will say, man, I want to say I probably have taken three shots at planning it. And I just was semi terrified because you can't book it five months out. So pre pandemic when... Right when things were sort of normal, um, as opposed to everybody and their brother going camping. We, uh, you know, I book it five months, book the, the the full day, do all the things. And then I started looking at the French River and you book it two weeks before. I was yeah. like, oh man, I can't. I need to have that stuff planned out way before that. I can't. I was way too stressed about it. So I would keep bailing out from it, bailing out from it. Finally, I went, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. And it totally played out fine. It didn't there was kid scheduling issues but when we actually got to doing the trip it was great and it's it's an amazing experience and absolutely i will shoot you an email and, and let you know one i don't think you stayed on any of the campsites you had intended to stay on in the french river <laughs> nothing if you find yourself bored with lots of time which you won't uh we did it thomas and i did a trip log which we've been publishing one one day of each of we did eight days or something so we've been publishing one every week and it Nothing, absolutely nothing went according to plan. We we went, we started from point A and we finished at point A. Everything in between was not not what it was supposed to be. It was great. It was it was an amazing trip. It was fantastic, but it's, yeah, no, it's had, a good I've thing had, that sites I've, are I've flexible. Some, I've had some trips like that too. And sometimes those are the ones with the best the best stories and the and the best memories. So yeah. 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 I don't think this one will leave us for a while, that's for sure. <laughs> so you, you camp all over. Do you have a place to Mogami you like to go back to? Is there, is there, is there a favorite trip is, or, or is there a favorite stretch of something that you like to do that you've done, you know, half a dozen times? Yeah. So I think, uh, so I think one of my favorites for sure is the Wolf Lake loop in South Tomogamy paradise lagoon. If you ever have a chance to swim there, it's fantastic. It's a great little portage uh, into Wolf Lake. That's that's great. 
and the loop the loop's pretty spectacular and the red the old growth uh reds are beautiful beautiful and so that that's one that we've done a few times now and I would certainly do again uh, in in the future. I would say the most spectacular trip we've done is Lady Evelyn. Boy, yeah, you have to make sure you've the portage around those falls are intense. I mean, we had some times where we were like the the canoe was literally perpendicular, and I was at the top holding the canoe, and my daughter was at the bottom, and we were just inching it along, and you know, uh. I don't know, 50 meter, 100 meter portage would take two hours. <laughs> like it was so like straight up, straight down, like roping the canoe to get it back in. So that was, I would say that's probably one of the more spectacular ones. Wabakimi, oh my gosh. Um, you know, getting there was, was a bit of a high, you know, a bit of a trip to plan the the train trip and get all that organized with via rail. But to be out for 10 days and not see any other people until your final day was pretty spectacular. Though I will tell you, I've never experienced so many black flies and mosquitoes in my entire life as I did in Wabakibi. So uh, make sure you got plenty of, of uh, you know, netting and stuff to wear. But I would say, you know, every trip, every trip I've done has its fond memories. And, and, um, and definitely Killarney, like the 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 loop that takes you around the Silver Peak is one I've done twice now. And like I said, we'll do it a third time next summer. So that that's a good repeat one as well. But boy, that one, yeah, you absolutely have to five months to the day as you have your trip. You better book it or you're not going to get campsites. Yeah, no. It, well, and especially now that uh, since since COVID, I mean, everybody hasn't had anything else to do. So suddenly there's an extra whatever 10,000 campers or, or what have you so it's been yeah it's been pretty insane uh, I, I I tend to be a lunatic planner and usually plan sort of three three options for where if we're if we're going right. to, to Clarney here are the three loops or whatever it is going to be and there was one year we I ended up <clears throat> trying to go to Killarney I went through all my three options and and did it at you know seven o'clock in the morning and mm. probably spent you know two hours just finding 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 couldn't couldn't do it i ended up bailing out i had backup options for Al, uh, algonquin and i my first one didn't play out my second one played out but i had to make two adjustments on that like it was it, five plans it took five plans to get to a trip just just I, <laughs> blew my mind never never experienced anything like that before it's just, but there's i don't see anybody in the back country there can't be that many people yeah no there are now yeah, no, it's definitely changed since COVID, no doubt about that. I ran into that a bit last summer. My my daughter has been working at a camp near Bancroft for the last couple of summers, which makes planning our trip a little more challenging because she's there all summer. So we have to make sure I do it during her break week. And because it's so close to Algonquin, I was planning a trip in just sort of the south southeastern Algonquin. And I played around and played around and played around until I finally got a trip put together, but it, it wasn't the nice loop that I wanted just because it was too hard to find spots. Do you have any resources that you use when you're planning trips? Yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of internet searching and um, I usually, I I zero in on an area that, that we want to do that particular year. And then I just read, you know, blogs like yours and and base it off of what people are saying on the internet. 
Um, I mean, I do consult some of the typical books that, you know, most people would, would, would consult as well. And just to try to get some ideas and things, but yeah, it's usually, usually a lot of internet searching. And then I also have a number of friends who, who do trips. And so, you know, I'll chat with them and, you know, and, and get ideas that way as well. So, you know, combination of, of ways of doing it, but I will say the Wabakimi trip was the first trip I've ever done where somebody else did all the planning. Like in terms of, you know, the, like I, it was the first time we'd ever, I'd ever had a, a guide or an outfitter plan a trip for us. And it was great. Like it was, I kind of missed the planning because the planning part of it is part of the fun for me, but it was also pretty nice to be able to do a trip and not have any of the planning stress. <laughs> yeah. So where are we going? You're, I, I'm following you. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> A lot of the people that we talk to are like, yeah, the planning, I I like to get the food down all planned. I like to get like our route of where we're going all down planned. I like to, I think it is a part of the anticipation of, of this adventure that we're going to be having is, is, is planning it all out. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it is part of the, uh, the, the challenge that, as you mentioned, I'm going to plan all these things and then we're going to see how it plays out because, because that's part of the challenge, right? So, yeah. And, and the, I I love, so I plan our meals, you know, three meals a day, snacks. I have it all planned out. You know, I know, I know, in, in, but then there's always variation to it. Like, for example, you know, sometimes I fish, sometimes I don't, it depends. But, you know, you always, it's like, oh, we have fresh fish for dinner tonight. <laughs> Scrap the, the dried veggies I brought along, you know? So, so there is a bit of that for sure. And then the other thing I've learned is, my daughter will oftentimes by the last day be like, ah, dad, do you think we can just like make it back to the car today? <laughs> you know? So I always, I always plan a little extra slack on the last day, just in case if we want to do the final night we can. And if not, we'll have a bit longer, harder of a day and, and, and finish a day early. So it just depends. And getting out for the burger on the way home is always a good thing, regardless of whether it's the last day or not. It's always the best meal. I don't care how crappy that burger is. Well, and I tell you, I I have an electric car. And so on top of all the trip planning, I have to make sure that I I plan the charging, especially when you get up in Northern Ontario, to make sure that I can charge the car somewhere too. So that's, that's part of my trip planning now. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Wow. Well, good for you. <laughs> it's, it's more of a challenge, right? Because, you know, you're sitting around with nothing else to do. Um, just out of curiosity, because we're, we're talking about essentially all backcountry. Do you guys ever do front country as well? Like, do you ever take a, a three day or a four day and go plunk yourself at uh, Arrowhead or something like that? Yeah, we do occasionally. Uh, so Guelph Lake, which I mean, you know, 15 minute drive from my house. So it's not like we're going very far away. Don't but, uh, you know, we'll do car camping at Guelph Lake, for example. We've done car camping at a number of other places as well. So we'll do that for the weekend every now and then. Not as we did a lot more of that when the kids were younger. Like we were, we were, you know, the kids were younger. We were big time car campers. Less of that. We do more day trips now. It's like, you know, we'll, you know, find a nice hike on the escarpment. We'll, I don't know, you know, we've even, I've even paddled uh, the Humber River. So in Toronto, like just, cause I wanted to, I wanted to paddle down and then out into the lake. So, you know, we'll do a trip like that or the Grand River. We'll find spots on the Grand River to, to paddle on for the day, not with sock. Oh my gosh, one year on Christmas day, it was unusually warm. And we paddled the Nottawasaga in through Wasaga Beach 
And it was hilarious because all these people were coming out onto their decks. You know, they were like opening their Christmas presents. They were like, oh, my God, there are people paddling on Christmas Day. Like, what's going on out here? So, you know, we we do some day trips like that. Uh, Beaver Valley we've done. Like, yeah, yeah. Winter camping. Have you done any winter camping? I've done some, uh, not a ton. My my daughter, I think I've convinced my daughter we may try to do uh, a winter camp. But I have, I particularly when, when I would do backpacking in the Rockies, like it's not uncommon, especially late June, for example, that, you know, I can tell you we've been, I've been up near tree line and woke up in the morning and it snowed all night. And, you know, you're, you're pretty, some pretty deep snowpack. And we do, we do have snowshoes. And so we will definitely do day hikes on, on the escarpment in particular uh, with snowshoes. Awesome. It's a, it's a bucket list thing for me. It's not going to happen in the near future, but I'm slowly buying the gear to, to get ready to take a shot at it. Hopefully I'm not crutching my way in, caning my way in by the time I get there. (laughs) I'm I'm really impressed. There's a program in, in Guelph that a friend of mine is a teacher runs, uh, like it's an out where they do a lot of outdoor education and students apply to be a part of it and they do a big winter camp so it's like high school students and you know she takes them out on a big winter camp every year and says it's pretty amazing the kids love it you know teachers enjoy it and you know so anyway so i i i i'll have to get myself up for it yeah well they actually the Oh, David Bain. I can't even think of all the people. Uh, they just have a had a winter Ontario winter camping symposium. Don't hold me to it. I don't want to say it was out St. Catherine's way. And they had they had a whole bunch of big outdoors guys and, and girls come and they they put on a whole weekend thing about outdoor camping, you know, about about tents, about twig stoves, the the pellet stoves, like the log stoves for inside for heating, different different ways to go about camping for outdoors. Uh, uh sorry like in, in a non-hot tent way to to do it cold and stuff, which I don't know that I want to try that just yet, but <laughs> anything, is there any, any story you want to share? Any, anything along, anything special you want to, wanted to mention? You know, I would say the one thing I've really noticed over COVID is a lot more people out in nature who wouldn't have been maybe otherwise and I think it's been fantastic to see. And so I know it's created some bigger challenges to reserving campsites and things like that. But I, I think it's fantastic. Like I, I really want nature to be accessible to, to everyone. And, you know, one of the things I've been reading more and more about is just how important nature access to nature is for our mental health, our mental well-being. And and so if I could be slightly political, since I am a politician, um, just to say how important it is, regardless of which, you know, politically partisan stripe that you might have, just how important it is to protect and preserve nature. And I even think in cities, just how important even having a neighborhood park is for kids to play in the grass or play soccer, you know, do whatever. And, and, you know, things like the Toronto islands you mentioned, or, you know, those spaces and places are so important. And so I think it's just really important in both our urban, rural and remote communities that we do what we can to preserve access to nature for people. Absolutely. It's I mean, that's a that's a theme we've had pretty much all our guests. That's that's kind of why we're all we all try to try to that's what we all seem to try to be doing with the voices that we have with the platforms that we have is to is to get that out there to say, 
you know, we need to, we need to protect these green spaces. We need to have as many of these green spaces as we can in whatever, whatever mode, whether it is, it's a local park, whether it's the islands, whether it's the middle of Killarney, it, it's good for everybody. Yes, there are challenges with all the extra people out there, but the more that people that get out there, the more that experience that and, and, and just, and like that, like it's, it's good for everybody. It's good for the, the people. It's good for the nature. So if we can get people to appreciate nature more, hopefully we get them to protect nature more. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think an important part of that thinking is, um, you know, European settlers always had this sort of notion of pristine wilderness in North America. And, you know, Indigenous people have been a part of nature and interacting with nature and enhancing and protecting this nature in North America for so long. And I think, you know, those I'm non-Indigenous myself, those of us who are non-Indigenous, I think have a, have a lot to learn from the ways in which Indigenous culture and ways of life are so integrated and connected to nature. And, and I think we'll all be better off if we can learn a bit about how to incorporate nature into, into, into who we are and, and, and into, you know, kind of people we are and how we interact with nature. I thank you. So this has been fantastic. And you're exactly the guy I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, it's fun, fun conversation. Um, nice not having to do, you know, 10 second um, sound bites on the political issue of the day and actually talk about something that I, I love to do and love to do with my family. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Okay. So we used up all of our time. We were so tonight. wrapped up in our conversation with Mike. <laughs> we literally used right up to the last possible second, like the second. So we weren't able to do our normal outro, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're, we're, we're putting this in after the fact. Personally, it was a great interview. Really enjoyed talking with him and that guy's looking out for us, for those of us that are, are doing the want to protect our land. And I'm, I'm glad that he's out there championing it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much to our very special guest, Mr. Mike Schreiner. That is it for us for today. We are from supergoodcamping.com. Please do reach out to us. We are on all the social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook. We have a, a public facing Facebook group called the campfire. We've got an Instagram page. We've got everything going in a YouTube channel So we'd love if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please do reach out to us. If you'd like to talk to us, our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H I at supergoodcamping.com. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.